Hey guys, I hope you missed me because I missed you. Welcome back, What The F audience. Ah! <laughs> it's me, Mac. Um, it's, it's good to so be back. Long. I know, I've been on some presidential duties on an, you know, a little escapade. Oh, shit. can you see? But yeah, so <laughs> now I'm back. I really wanted to do an episode. I'm so happy that my first one is with Peyton. I feel Yay. like... Every time we do an episode together, I have a lot of fun. It's only the second time. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, what other one did like we do? Three. What was the second one? Guys, don't let Peyton lie to you. I know the true crime one. But oh, we what did was the, the Tinder. Other one that we did. No, that doesn't count. I'm that talking like a count. solo oh. episode. Oh well, I what counted other one that did we do? as two. That felt like a lot to me. Okay, well, this is our second. Anytime we collab, it's funny. That's true. That's true. But I do think this is our only time directly oh. collabing. Well, or, this is our second, time. like, yeah. I think this is real just the second solo Peyton Mac episode. Well, guys, Peyton just said she hates me. Uh, <laughs> basically, basically. Oh. But no, like, I'm really excited. I, I feel like it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Also, I'm, I want to apologize in advance if my voice sounds weird. I have a little, I'm sick. So I almost coughed into the last mic. week, I think, too. So. <laughs> like anytime I laugh, it's borderline like I'm about to start having a coughing fit. So <laughs> just start wheezing. Yeah, I would just expect a cough in this episode. Uh, yeah, at so least sorry one. in advance, guys. Yeah. Um, if you use the recording room after this, change those covers because because you <laughs> will get sick, janky. So today's episode, we were going to talk about Scorpio season reflections because yes. everyone, as everyone should know, even though we've never told you, and I hope you haven't stalked us, but as everyone should know max birthday was on the fourth right yeah and my birthday was on the 15th so mm -hmm, we have mm -hmm. both celebrated our little scorpio season moment and yes. we're doing life reflections and shit and i think this is good because we've both talked a little bit in our personal lives like with each other about how i feel like neither of us feel like we don't have a lot of time to process things whether it's good bad whatever there's just no time for reflection and so i'm really glad that today's episode is a reflection because this is a time where i i have to set this aside and i get to do it with my friend mac so i'm really excited oh that was so heartwarming yeah i feel like i've been hella on autopilot mode for the last yeah. few months like just this whole semester it's like i'm just doing 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 but mm -hmm. not really thinking bro but like that's yeah. what you have to do to survive at michigan like if Pretty i'm being much, real like my brain gets turned yeah off. you have to turn your brains and feelings off <laughs> and turn that grind mode on like <laughs> like that's what it's like like the school is ridiculous but i'm really happy to like actually get to take time to relax sit down mm -hmm. and chat i feel like we need to in the future we need to like make I, my, I just had a new random goal that came yeah. to mind, but we need to make it like serve cunt in here, even if we're not doing an audio podcast. Ooh, like, like I want to bring in like some little, well, we probably can't. Uh -oh. <laughs> Library well. burns down. <laughs> <laughs> well. Local students arrested following <laughs> library fire. Like, but that's assuming we get out. Like, thousands I was thinking we're locked thousands in Thousands of precious records destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> ugly purple room. <laughs> Literally ugly purple room set Poisonous on fire. spiders found running out <laughs> from under the rock. <laughs> But okay, but how we sage it before? Oh, we can't. We have can't fire. do that either, girl. But I was thinking like fairy lights, maybe like bring like some putty, some snacks. I'm thinking like some tea. You know they don't. We can't say snacks because they'll like attack well, us. Well, they don't need to know that. We'll cut it out. But okay, I'm just okay. saying like in the future, like we I'm should trying redact to, it. I'm like, trying to bring like some little room spray in here, like some some fairy lights. Turn the lights off. Get some mood lighting. Bring spray. some snack. Have some tea. Like <laughs> I don't know, because you were like, oh, sit down, relax. And I was like, 
I feel like I'm, I'm in an relaxed. interrogation room. Well, it's because we've got this fluorescent lighting. We've got this like, fuck-ass lighting. It's uh, actually uh, giving on. high school. Hold it's on. triggering. Hold on. Do you think we can turn the lights off? What if we just do this in the dark? Oh, I like... No, I honestly like that. I liked it. Like, I feel comfortable. I feel like not exposed... You should be with him. I can't compete. <laughs> I'm glad that you're a singer this episode. Thank you. I think um, we need So, that. guys, now we're in the dark. This is now what the F in the night dark. mode. Night yeah, edition. we went. It's actually pitch black in here, except I can't not see shit no, because <laughs> we have this big door where everyone can stare at us and watch like we're us little, talk. We're little like fish or something. Yeah, we, like we're in a fishbowl. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what we are in. Like. I mean, nobody's looking at us. I'm surprised. Literally, we're not no, getting no, any no, attention. I'm kind of jealous, it's, but that's okay. It's a little hurtful. It's a little upsetting. Whatever. So, Scorpio season reflections. Scorpio I season mean, reflections. And this is also a good time for us to catch up because I feel like... We haven't. We, no, literally. Well, like, it'll be like, like it's randomly like doing a meetings. brief. Like, it's like when you brief like a politician or like a president on some shit. No. That's me briefing Matt. No, like, real. I'm like, okay, my life is 10 seconds. <laughs> because I feel like I run up to you and I'm like, Peyton, this, 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 and that happened. Like, oh, oh my like, God. Jesus Christ. And then, and then literally I'm like, oh, well, now we got to go to the meeting and like... Now I have to leave the shit. Like, yeah. I'll talk to you later. I, I get the autopilot thing so much, though. I think yeah. for me, it's like this is a random example, but like one of the examples is I don't pay attention in lecture sometimes, which like who does? But mm-hmm. I won't pay attention. Like, I'll be multitasking. I'm doing other homework. I'm reading another assignment. I'm doing LinkedIn stuff. And that's fine. And that's a habit that I've had for a couple of years. But it also. I don't know. It's just like, I think like an epitome of me not being able to be in the moment during the semester because I'm just running all over. And then sometimes that just bites me in the ass because it's like, okay, I should fucking pay attention to class because then I I end up having to catch up later or go over my notes later. I I think that's the most irritating thing is like Mm -hmm. when I need to be present, I struggle to be present. Right. It's like my brain doesn't want to either. Right. right? And, And so it's just like this cycle of I'm constantly catching up. Like I'm never ahead. No. Like I will get ahead in one class and then in order to get ahead in that class, I'm sacrificing my other class so that I'm behind yep. there. And it's just like it's a like, constant game of catch-up. Yeah, my mom like used this metaphor once. I don't remember when. Hi, mom, if you're listening. But my mom <laughs> used this metaphor once, like when you're super busy in life or you're just trying to juggle like a lot of emotions or stuff. But like it's like trying to hold a bunch of balloons underwater and they oh, just keep like oh, sliding up and you whoa. can't. No, yeah. I really like that metaphor because I don't know when I've been mm-hmm. in that situation, but I know that's happened to me. Right. Like, that's like, how I feel with my classes. Trying, it's like oh, I'm when holding you're five to hold balloons, balloons underwater down, and they, they one is just going up. to slip up. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, I feel like sometimes it's like that with my friendships. Like, mm. not oh. in the sense of, like, super drama heavy, because mm. I just like to avoid that because I just don't mm-hmm. have the time. But I'm going to take a sip of water. Just, like, I feel like not in the sense that drama's popping up, but in the sense that, like, different people come into the spotlight of my life. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes something I want to get better at is that I'm not always good at juggling my relationships with people. I Mm. feel like I get in these periods where I have my people and those are the people I'm constantly going to. And Mm. then it's hard to get outside of that just because like I want to keep in touch with everyone, but I'm so busy. Um, I for me, it's hard to balance school and my social life. I find that like. I tend to and this was a problem that I kind of set for myself I got to my junior year and I finally had this moment where I I talked to you about this the other day but like I used to use like school and overworking and stuff as a coping mechanism just to ignore things that I didn't want to think about so I finally got over that and I was like okay finally I can just like not care about my GPA or whatever but then I had this terrible not terrible but I had this moment of like rationale where I got to my senior year and I was like well you made it this far with this GPA wouldn't it suck to throw which is true it's hard like I've committed to it now it's like I had that revelation last year but now I'm in my senior year and I'm like I've got this GPA 
what's the point like fuck i might as well but it's like i've it's always just, you're noticed, roped in once again right and like i i know i'm not the only person who i just don't understand people who can have crazy social lives in college i do have a social life but i it's so constrained by school like half the time i hang out with my friends where they're mentioning homework or we're working on homework together Ooh, yeah i i i don't know i i really truly believe that school can get to a point where it is all consuming i i, I don't know like, like it's so I, I, like, I, I just i have to say it because mm. i feel like the way that people portray a school life balance or a work life balance is very untrue especially on social media like Right, you cannot have a perfect balance, and there are. Gonna I mean, be you can. Of your life. Here's well, my thing: perfect, you can, though, but perfect some, is it's a not going to look perfect. You can yeah, have a balance, yeah. but something's going to have to slip. Okay, like for me, but then if you're I had a perfect a balance. balance, my grades will slip, Ooh. and that's fine. And I have to accept that, but mm. I can't because I feel like uh. people are like, "Oh, I want to have everything balanced, and I look really good from the outside, and people want to like aspire to my level." Uh. Like, fact of the matter for me is that if I wanted to get the kind of grades that i felt were like super impressive or whatever i won't have a balance i can't yeah and i feel yeah, like i feel like just like something has to go and like even people who balance that shit perfectly like okay how's your sleep schedule bro like how's your i i feel yeah. like you can't balance but you can commit to one or the other yeah. like you could fully commit yourself to school and that be your thing and, and you're excelling in that and sometimes you just won't i i feel like that's a mm -hmm. truth that people need to learn to accept is that even when you do commit yourself to something, sometimes you will yeah. fail. And and that's okay. Like, failure isn't something to be afraid of. It's something to learn from. But at the same time, I feel like for myself personally, mm -hmm. I've never gotten to a point where I'm able to have a happy limbo, a happy balance, mm -hmm. like just this equilibrium where mm -hmm. I'm handling school perfectly and my grades are amazing and I'm also <laughs> enjoying my life and feeling fulfilled. Like yeah. I'll be happy and I'll have moments of happiness, but I won't it's feel not fulfilled. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah, I think I've had moments in my life where I feel like everything's balanced per se, but those moments aren't during a semester, and they're not when I'm that busy. Oh, it's it's when I, it's, it's been summer. it's summer. It's summer because like I'll have a job or an internship, but then yeah. I have enough free time where I can just be like, woohoo! This summer, not gonna lie, this summer was a little more towards the personal life balance because I oh, had a very part time yeah. internship, so most of it was <laughs> just me being like, woohoo! Like, like fun traveling. Right. Right. But like even like when I've had jobs before, well, I used to work 50 hours a week. This one place that was not a good balance. Jesus. But <laughs> when I had I had this like <laughs> internship the other summer where I worked like 40 hours a week and then the rest of the time was just me having like the best summer of my life. And I was like, that's great. So that's why, guys, I cannot go straight to grad school after undergrad, because if I don't get some work life balance quickly, I, I'm going to implode. I just think that it gets to a point where you just can't handle anything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think the reason I've never attained that balance is just be simply because of the fact that I take on too much. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I realize that about myself. Like, I could sit here and tell you, like, Peyton, I take on too much. Mm -hmm. And it's too and much for me. And then you'll take on too much But next anyway. semester, best believe, I'm going to – I always am in this pattern. Let me tell you how it goes. Okay. <laughs> I – take on a shitload of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be president. I'm going to be a part of this committee. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be part of this club and I'm going to do this and I'm going to mm -hmm. get perfect A's and I'm going to take on a minor this semester. Jesus. And I'm going to make sure I'm working out four days a week and all this crazy <laughs> like nonsense business. Me, bro, I started working out in October and I fell <laughs> off so hard. But, but then, but then, I hit this random point. Maybe mm -hmm. let's say I'm two weeks into the semester. I'm panicking. I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I need right. to do more. Whoa. I need to pile up more. I need to TA. I need to do this. I Jesus. need to add on my research. And mm -hmm. and so then I'm taking on more. 
But I already, mind you, I was already at a good place. Like right. I was doing enough, but then I take on too much. And mm -hmm. then I've hit the point where I'm like, well, now I have so much on my plate. I can't handle all of it. So then I go about my semester trying to juggle everything, but it causes me to do very poorly at the many things Jack I'm of doing, all trades, girl. Rather than yeah. doing and excelling in just a few things. Right. And that... I hate that. I hate that. It's because I don't I, know how to use the word no, and I don't know how to tell myself no because I, I feel like I'm quitting. No, 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 no. It's frustrating. Yeah, I just feel this constant pressure that right. like I, feel like I have to do mm -hmm. my very best at every moment and every right. point of time. No, it's like this pressure cooker. I feel like the school is, and this is like we're getting a little towards more of a different episode topic, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Well, it's I feel like part, a big a part of, of a, us right now. Right. I feel like the school is a big pressure cooker because I feel like it's. I'm sorry, my brain just kind of like drew a, a temporary blank. No, no. But it feel it feels like okay, you're supposed to specialize. People are like, you know, just focus on what you want to do. Don't try to be good at every subject. Okay, I've picked my major. But then it's like, okay, I want to be. I want my resume to look good. I want it to be rounded out. I have to volunteer. I have to research. I have to be in clubs. I have to get good grades. Oh, and I'm supposed to like pay my bills. I have to eat right to an extent. Yeah. I need to sleep enough. I want to have a social life. I'm trying to plan my future and like. I don't know. I might want to like get outside and call my mom every once in a while. And it's like, it's just so much. And I know adulthood is like this, but also I do think that unless I go into some like really intense career, I will probably never be busier than I am now, which Ooh, is yeah, a relief, yeah. but it's also kind of frustrating because it's like, I have all my friends around. I just need to let go and not be such a perfectionist. I need to do that. I, I have to I've let ever, my grades go. I don't go. know how to do that. I don't know either. And now I'm in my senior year and I'm like, well, might as well. And it's like, bro. I hope my perfectionism comes to a halt at some point in my life. Because right. I don't think that it's sustainable to live it's in not. the way that I do. Being a perfectionist, I try to deny it. Like, I deny mm -hmm. it a lot. Right. And maybe on the outside, it doesn't seem like it because I do a good job of hiding it. Honestly, I guess. you seem like a very well-rounded person. But like, <laughs> you always seem bubbly too. Like for oh, the most goodness. part, like like you'll like come to me and be like, "Oh my god, this 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 is going wrong." And then I see you interacting with other people, and I'm like, "Jesus Christ, I would never guess." I, and that I'm, can be a blessing and a curse. Well, it, but I'm like, I would horrifying. never guess that something was going on because like you mask that like crazy. Me, unfortunately, everything does tend to be on the sleeve, and I. <laughs> It is clear uh, when it is something is wrong with me. Like I, I think well. there's value in that because I, mm. I tend to just keep everything inside. Oh, and I do then too. It's like, I just, I'm not. It's good like at I it. start taking everything out on myself because mm. it's like as much as the school is a pressure cooker, I myself am a pressure cooker. It's like mm -hmm. all these things are going on in my life, but rather than talking about them, because I, I feel this large disconnect when I talk to people about my personal life. And it's become very prevalent in college for me. I sometimes think that it's nothing against my friends, and I'm very grateful for them, but I feel like some of the things I've experienced in my life carry a lot of weight, and it's mm -hmm. very hard for people to understand who haven't experienced it. Mm -hmm. So it's just like when I do express it and I do share it with people, they're understanding on a surface level, and they're sympathetic, they're mm -hmm. empathetic, they, they show best, that they're yeah. there for me, but it, it's like there's still a disconnect. Like mm -hmm. you can't advise me you can't make my situation better because you know just as much as I do. Right. And also there's this feeling, at least I've dealt with this in the past. I used to deal a lot with like, I don't want my friends to see this side of me. Yeah. When I first met my friends, my like sophomore year, because that was the first year that everyone was on campus. I was like, my friends know me as this very bubbly, outgoing, funny person. I 
do not want to them to see this side of me and so i was so like if i cried around my friends if i got upset went to them with stuff i was like oh my god what if they don't like me anymore what yes i, I, I hated myself when i cried in front of stuff. people and i was like i've i've had to get to the point where and i mean last year i had to be super vulnerable with a lot of people but mm-hmm. and now i'm to the point where i'm like okay you know what obviously i'm not going to be like that forever i'm not going to be in a super vulnerable position forever and then i also have to think like okay would I ever hate a friend for coming to me crying because something's going on in their life and they need to talk to someone? I'm like, oh my God, no, I would never do that. Mm -mm. It's so hard to Mm -mm. not, I I don't know. Because you're looking at yourself from a different lens because mm -hmm. for you, but when you're you, right? Mm -hmm. As I often am. (laughs) You are, as you often are. As I mostly am. You are going to be more critical of yourself as everyone knows. Like, I mean, everybody knows that. But you're also going to be less forgiving. Yeah. You're going to be more of a, hey, you need to keep this in. You need to deal with it yourself. Right. And maybe involving other people isn't right. But I feel like in those moments when you really strongly want to reach out, it's mm-hmm. your body, it's your heart telling you that you do need to. And that's what's going to help you feel better. Like yeah. Even though it inherently feels kind of wrong, and I mm-hmm. think maybe some of that, for me, I think originates from being a people pleaser, mm. I, I, I still think it's the right time to just let it out yeah normalize being vulnerable no i'm so and this is i because i used to i never thought this is so weird but i never thought that i had like i was a trust issues closed off person and i know that's a that's a scorpio here we go here we go scorpio Scorpio stereotype is like they're very secretive they're very closed off i never thought that that was me because i I tend to do a pretty good job, I think. I mean, I'm a very talkative person. I have no filter. I tell people everything, not other people's secrets. My secrets, they tend to come out. I'm not, (laughs) like, I'm a pretty open book. And then I just kind of realized, like, with some stuff that's happened in my life, I guess I realized, actually, no, there are things that I'm very, like, I won't open up about or I won't trust people about. Or then I'd notice how I interacted with others and I was like, oh, my God, wait. I do have trust issues. I don't want to open up. Like, it's like, I I think, and so I think for me, the biggest part about like growing up, if we're talking, you know, about getting older birthday stuff, I feel like mm, I've gone on like a really big like trauma healing and, you know, sorry, listeners, you'll just have to wonder and listen to past episodes for interferences about what it could be (laughs) because I'm not going to say it. You'll just have to go back and think. But I've gone through a lot of trauma healing the past couple of years and I feel like I have grown up more from 17 18 to 22 than i did from 13 to now like i have probably done more growing up in the past three years than i have in the past 10 and it's it's like it's really painful and it's like whoa i'm proud of you though thank you because i think it takes a lot to get it got to the part where like at first i like didn't recognize myself like i was like who the fuck even am i and then that of course can be like really depressing and you just feel like yes no sense of self and now i'm kind of like so it's just like this new I feel like a very different person. I I will definitely add to that and Mm -hmm. say that one thing I've noticed in feeling like a different person, and I talked Mm -hmm. to you a little bit about this yesterday, is Mm -hmm. that I've never allowed myself in the past, I'd say 19 years of my life, Mm -hmm. because this, like, you know, recent, we're we're year twenty, right? Recent months, the way I like, thought you were turning twenty one. I'm so <laughs> oh, sorry, Mag. I'm I was sad. like, <laughs> Oh, you're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sad about it. Next, like, like, you're sorry. Imagine how tired we <laughs> are. Because I'm tired of this, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. like I feel like 
In my 20 years of living, I have never allowed myself to experience <laughs> anger. I'm sorry for laughing. No, I'm laughing because okay. you know when sub teachers or substitute teachers are like, in my 32 oh, years of teaching, teaching, I've, I've never, never gotten yeah. such a note. That's just what that reminded right, right. me of. But no, seriously, I've never allowed myself to experience anger. It's always been mm. one of those things where I, I, I truly suppress it. Au contraire. As much as <laughs> yeah. I can. Uh-huh. And I, some of this, like, not to get too into it, but I think some of it originates from the fact that I don't think women of color are allowed to experience anger in the same mm-hmm. way that not just white women, but... Just like everyone else is. Like, yeah, everyone else is. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels like other people's reactions to my anger are also more emotion-driven when it's mm-hmm. coming from myself as opposed to someone else. Mm-hmm. And and this year, after some, you know, incidents happened, I started to become a lot angrier and not mm-hmm. angry to where I'm blowing up at other people, but angry to where it's pushing me to advocate for myself more mm-hmm. and to have a stronger voice and a stronger position on things that matter to me. Mm-hmm. And it's been hard because this anger has made me feel like less of myself mm-hmm. and more of a newer person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I mean, just, like, I don't think it's going to last. For, I don't think it's going to last forever. Yeah. Like we were talking about this, like. I think maybe that that's like part of like that's you being pushed towards being a different you or a healed you or whatever you want to like call it. But I, I think it's necessary. You have to feel it. You got to ride it out. It's like a wave. Like it's not yeah. I don't think that's like you forever. And so you it's OK if you don't like it or whatever, because like I said, like we were talking about this yesterday and you were like, I feel like I'm going to be like like maybe not a good person and i was like well if you're like 45 and you're like a (laughs) raging bitch like then maybe but i don't think i do think and it can take like a matter of years and stuff like i definitely because i i feel like i've mentioned this to you before but i had a lot of like traits about me that i thought were just permanent like i thought okay like i'm a very Mm, okay I'm still an anxious person but I was like okay I I hate conflict I'm a very angry person I'm a very unforgiving person I'm a petty person I hurt people I push people away and then I started like learning like the more I healed I was like holy shit that's actually not me as a personality trait because I thought that was like literally like genetic in my DNA this will be me until I die and when I started healing I was like oh my god wait that was actually just like a coping mechanism that I used for so long and so so intensely that I was like this is who I am as a person and And then I was like holy shit no actually that was just me in a given environment and now I'm in a different environment and that's not me anymore so I do think like just don't don't worry it's not going to be with you forever if you don't want it to I, I think it's not that I don't want to just be an angry person. Mm-hmm. Like I love the, in the way sense where I'm it feels to be a hater. Because Bro, I do. Hater. <laughs> I've really been a hater. But uh-huh. I am I'm, I'm just don't want to be angry to where I'm hurting other people. As long mm-hmm. as I'm not that way, I'm fine with the anger. Because the anger mm-hmm. just incites me to do very, not super powerful things. <laughs> like you're about to say like crime or yeah, something. Like, oh yeah, I'm just GTA, but no. It, it just like encourages me to do a lot more advocacy stuff. And I like that about mm-hmm. myself. I That's feel good. like I've become a lot more in touch with my feminism and just mm-hmm. overall standing up for what I believe in. Especially because you know my fraternity is... Yeah, yeah, fuck them. How'd wine and wokeness go? We can totally cut this part. Yeah, if you want. <laughs> no, okay. No, how how do your wait? Okay. So Caesar, can you tell me how um yeah, how your you. wine night went in ancient Rome last night? Yeah, my <laughs> wine night in ancient Rome, where everyone was woke, was actually really nice. Because oh, really? That's I feel great. like the people that I wanted to be there were there, mm-hmm. and people that I felt would 
make the experience it would be respectful of the experience mm-hmm. where there but i i did find it interesting that people who typically participate in every single other event weren't there. I, I feel like that speaks volumes mm, on its own. That's a little weird. Right? Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't really feel... I'm open to talking about, like... Because it's just... Our Wine and Woke Night was... We had two hats, right? Mm-hmm. One hat was level Whoa, one Whoa, actual hats. Yeah, Oh, that hats. you're drawing buckets out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant that we were putting on heads. Like, no, wearing the hat. And no, I was no, like, oh. We, we had two hats. Okay. And they just held questions in them that were crumpled up oh, and boy. written out. And there was level one questions, which were more surface level, but they weren't that surface level. And mm. then level two, which were more in-depth, <laughs> like, let's get into it. Right. And one of the questions was, this is to to preface a level one, like how deep it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super deep, but it was just like, what is one quality you feel defines you as a person? So they're oh. not super surface level for level one. You no, know? I mean, you're not going to be like, hey, guys, like, what's your favorite ice cream? Like- yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I thought was good. But I appreciated mm-hmm. that everyone had really good answers. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing, too, was recognizing that other people have so much going on in their lives, too. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge perspective shift i understand that others are always going through things but i I think really hearing it from people that you often see and who seem to just operate very well like they're Mm -hmm. on top of their schoolwork they're always smiling Mm -hmm. i feel like you do really get sucked into that trap of like on the surface they seem amazing so there can't be anything wrong right but just hearing from them at our wine and woke night was nice (laughs) <laughs> get to learn more about them. But if other people were there, I'm not sure it would have been the same. Yeah. Because people don't appreciate it to the yeah, same degree. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. They didn't deserve to be at one woke night. Yeah, because... Well, maybe yeah. they should have been. They should have been that mandatory woke night. No wine. No. <laughs> and, and I almost wonder, like, will they ever be woke? You know? I, I just don't... I don't even know that I can call myself woke. I don't think... Yeah. No, no, not I about really, you. Not about you. No, I mean, I can't. Like, I really don't think I can. Like, define woke. I, I feel like, am I woke? You know? I don't. I feel like I feel in like order to, to be woke, woke I would things. need to be a bit better read and a lot more directly involved with things that I care about. Because I think yeah, I just, yeah. I. I think that's a good. Yeah. And I mean, this is something I've been thinking about for fucking forever. But like, what a privilege for me to be able to read about things, think about things, go, that's fucked up and only encounter them maybe once or twice a year. I'm talking about, like, like A, experiences that don't relate to me, like, you know, racism. I mean, like, of course, that's something that I interact with and it's around me in society. It doesn't negatively yes. impact me. It really doesn't. Um, like, things like that, but also things that do negatively impact me, like homophobia or misogyny. Like, how privileged am I to be able to, like, be like, damn, that's fucked up, but I don't encounter it in my daily life, which, I mean, yeah. is probably, like, I'm white, I'm middle class, and I'm also in a liberal environment right now. This is, like, a great environment for the most part, to some mm-hmm. extent, compared to the rest of the world. Compared well, to the rest of the world, Well, yes, oh, wait, no, that was such a privileged thing to say. I'm so general, sorry. Let me check that, because me, when I forget that Yuma sucks on some of that I'm stuff. Gonna, but I'm going to air some stuff out. Max Honestly, said, actually, I've been waiting for hold this. on. Max said, hold and on. You Payton, can keep this Yumish in. is not the liberal haven no, that because you were thinking I, I it was really for a sec. I have been waiting for someone to bring this up. <laughs> you didn't even bring it up. But speaking no, it's okay. Of it's okay. Michigan, I do want to say that on the surface, Michigan may seem like a liberal area. And I'm also as, comparing it to my hometown right oh, now. No, 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 this is nothing against yeah. you, because Well, I, it can I be. That's okay. I deserve criticism. I've always been told like, that Michigan is very liberal and it's mm-hmm. very accepting. And I think to some degree it is. I am very grateful But also there's here. a, I think. I'm grateful for mm-hmm. the community. But I will say I've experienced a great deal of harassment, a great deal of microaggressions. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just sad because I'm like, at this point, I'm 20 years old. I'm mm-hmm. on a college campus and this is still happening. Right. And, and I feel like we're also in 2023, about to go into 2024. Mm-hmm. And all our fucking more school people talks are, about is this sort of thing. Exactly. And I, I feel like people also mm-hmm. have more of an opportunity to research things, to right. inform themselves That's if true. they're not informed, to you know, find resources to educate themselves if they're right. not educated, if they've never right. been exposed to diversity. Right. And yet in my own... Mm-hmm. Orgs. That's true. That's true. Still experiencing yeah, stuff I also that think, dates back to yeah, kindergarten. I've had conversations with um my friend before who goes here and she's talked too about like Umish is like supposed to be like the super liberal like space and she's like, I know of state schools that are more liberal and welcoming, not from an administrative perspective, but because, you know, their student bodies are majority people of color and they're just involved in that shit. Like Absolutely. it's really not. She was like, I don't care like that it's super prestigious or we're putting all this money into it. It really like compared to a lot of other colleges it's not that crazy and so i was like that's a very good point and it's also very privileged for me to be able to say that this feels like a liberal bubble for me um but yeah like in terms of wokeness activism i just i do think that i would need i I can't call myself woke like i really can't yeah (laughs) tbd for myself i i I can't make any claims Mm -hmm. i feel like i'd really have to do some inner reflection to decide i feel like i could always learn more so i'm not woke enough you know right i could always further educate myself yeah in a lot of areas that's like so. another like randomly but related to like school and time is that there's so many things i always want to learn about social justice related and not and i never have the goddamn time because it's like mm-hmm. my love of learning has been thrown out the window <laughs> yeah i used to love to learn new shit and now i'm like bitch i don't care right like same with like reading like i used to love reading for fun girl by the time i finish my readings for the day i'm like don't show me a book don't show me a text longer than a paragraph (laughs) like my comprehension well my attention span can't handle any more than a paragraph (laughs) girl i just start the i just start the pomodoro method I don't know if you know what that is. It's like Mm-mm. it's um it's Italian for tomato apparently. My roommate told me, but um you like chop your time up into little chunks so you like study for 20 minutes, take a break for 5, 20 minutes, take a break for 5. I tend to do like 50 10 or 30 like 5 mm-hmm. um breaks, but they have these really cute little videos on YouTube and you can like listen to lo-fi and do them, but I just start doing really that nice. because my attention span is like that of a fish like it's so yeah. bad i think i do have undiagnosed adhd yeah <laughs> and hey, like I, I should try that because I, it helps I, a lot I for can't me focus at all it helps for me because it's like i know it's like okay you just have this much more time and then you can get a break and it's like an automated timer that's always running that's really nice something i struggle with is like i either don't focus at all or i hyper focus for hours on end and then i i research the wrong thing for a paper or i mm-hmm. notice that i'm spending too much time and i'm getting really burnt out and my quality of work isn't good so like it also helps me remember to take breaks because otherwise i will like go into a deep go into basically a trance it, yeah. that i leave five hours later and i'm like jesus what did i just just (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. oh one thing this is not on that topic i'm Mm -hmm. sorry but one thing i really wanted to talk about that i have really noticed especially in the last i'd say three four months of my life is that it is okay to love people from a distance and oh no! I know. I don't know. Like now, I just truly oh, no. feel that way now. It's yeah. just that I do not feel like forgiveness necessarily correlates to reconciliation. I don't think. Oh that my god! I have to forgive you T. and also want to pursue a friendship with you, pursue a relationship Bro, with you, T. right? I I think my most profound experience with it 
mm-hmm. has been, and I told you a little bit about this, mm-hmm. but I have a best friend mm-hmm. who was like, honestly, my person. Mm-hmm. Um, we got really, really close sophomore year and we mm-hmm. honestly did everything together. I feel like when people thought of me, they thought of him. And when mm. they thought of him, they thought I've of had me. friendships like that. Right. And, and I just feel like we had a bond where it's like, I could tell him anything. Mm-hmm. I would love to sit and listen to him talk for hours like Mm -hmm. that. I just enjoyed his company a lot. But Mm -hmm. then our friendship just kind of had a falling out and it was really hard to come to terms with it. Mm -hmm. But it was just that I needed space from our friendship in order to heal and grow as a person. And I did not think that I could facilitate our friendship Mm -hmm. while healing in a healthy way and genuinely have a connection. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard. And it's just like, I love this person, it's, but I just don't think I can have you in my life right now. Oh, my God. Stop and now we're, like, kind of going into this reconciliation mm-hmm. era. Which, I like, in this in this aspect, I do believe that I want reconciliation. Mm-hmm. That's good. But I, I just think it's hard to really come to terms with loving someone at a distance. Because... Sorry, not me crying. No, no, no. Oh my god. Our girl, this is the funniest shit ever. We might guys, this is so is this the most personal? This is the most personal we've yeah. got on the pod oh, since yeah. like I'm our ED really, ep months I'm, ago. Yeah, like I'm never really personal. On guys, the pod. you guys are learning so much today. Yeah, because yeah. um yeah, I was gonna say I haven't gotten this personal on the ep in, on a podcast in, mm-hmm. in on the pod in years. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I wanted to. But yeah, I it's just funny because I feel like we've been talking lately about like similar life experiences and like similar timelines of things i went through and i might i i went through this with my mom um loving from a distance thing for like seven months last year and it was like this is so embarrassing who the fuck cries on a podcast (laughs) actually i cried the one time but if i could create tears i would be crying too it's okay (laughs) um it's probably the hardest thing i've ever done in my entire life yeah it was well, it's, it's your parent as like, well. That's it an was, added. And I'm like my closest parent, like literally the worst thing I've ever done. Like it was like a breakup, but like times 200. Do you think it helped? Yes. I mean, we also um, had like a falling out. We just had a really big fundamental argument over something that's really important in both our lives. And so I just was like, I was going through a lot at the time. I was healing a lot of stuff. And I was like, I just don't. I was so upset with her. I was so angry. Yeah. Talk about anger. And I was like, I can't talk to you right now. Or right? talk to you as much. And so well, we didn't talk regularly yeah. for months. And, that's fair. and now we're like working on like rebuilding our relationship. Right. Talk about mother-daughter episode at some point. So <laughs> we're like working on rebuilding our relationship. I love my mom. Like she's one of my favorite people. There are certain things in life that we just like are very different about. We don't agree on. But like. Yeah. I, like, knew that I needed her back in my life. But, yeah, for, like, a while, I was, like, I need space right now because yeah. I can't heal when I'm actively talking and, to you. I had that thing I'm with saying. my whole family, basically. No, I was, like... I, I think yeah. not to cut you off. And, You're good. And I'm, you know, like I no, said No, please before, do before I, like, no, dissolve no, no, into tears. No, no, no. <laughs> Truthfully, Peyton, though, yeah. I do want to say that I am very proud of you. I, I know you. that I may not have the exact same experience, but I will say that having girl like no need to compare shit well, we've both been through yeah, some shit yeah having like not necessarily friction or tension but mm-hmm. just having a disconnect with your parents can this be one the of the hardest worst. things to navigate yeah right because i feel like we learn to idolize our parents from a young age mm-hmm. and sometimes not all of us are lucky enough to be able to continue that yeah all throughout our life right and sometimes like the mass does fall and you do see 
mm-hmm. an adult for who they are and, yeah. and that's an okay that's thing okay because I it's think, not always negative. i also think that happens sometimes for everyone exactly with their parents. Like it's and not, sometimes it's just it's like just, it damn longer, this bitch is annoying or something right, right? like sometimes like, it's nothing sometimes it's a lot yeah. less heavy sometimes right. it, it happens like as you're an adult and sometimes mm-hmm. and i think in our so, cases it's it happened when, when you were a really, kid you're a kid yeah yeah and you're realizing wow this person is a human being who makes mistakes just like me, mm-hmm. who doesn't always but make the right choice just like me. But it's hard when you're a kid to, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to navigate that when you're a kid and it's your parent. Right. And, and also, yeah. like, for me, the hardest thing was, like, it's like, who am I supposed to go to? Oh, my <laughs> I was like, like, yes. everyone's like, when I get really upset and nothing's going right and I don't know who to go to, I call my parents and I was like, Mm, I call my therapist once a week. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, "Who else do I talk to?" And then that's a whole another conversation about feeling like you're burdening your friends. Because I was oh, like, "Yes, I can't. Yep. My friends I, can't I be my parents. Like, I can't go to my parents. Like, Mm-mm. I was like, I can't treat my parents or my friends like they're my mom. I can't do that. Yeah. I did for a little bit. It caused me and my friend to almost have a huge falling out because we just had this whole codependency thing going on. That's a whole nother story <laughs> for another time. But we worked it out. We said like that. But like, I was like, I can't go to my, I can't treat my parent, my friends like them or my parents. So I was just, I had this moment of like, who the fuck do I go to? And it's oh, so man. isolating. Yeah. I, I think that kind of, unfortunately, I will say mm-hmm. I had a similar thing happen. And I mm-hmm. think instead of figuring out who to go to, I learned to unfortunately just suppress what's going on because i I think that's like what i said yesterday peyton and i had like we've been talking about this 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 episode is like the the result of many many conversations we just have like many many convos pretty much yeah this is this episode is basically a light filter over what otherwise would have been an intense mac and peyton tea session that would have happened at some point (laughs) so consider yourselves blessed that you guys get to be the fly on the wall right now right like you're now here as well oh man what was i gonna say i forgot (laughs) i have no idea you were talking about um suppressing like learning to suppress yeah yeah i I had this moment too where mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like people don't listen that well sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like me and lecture, no, it's like the, <laughs> right? It's the burden piece. It's like uh-huh. I don't want to burden this person, mm-hmm. but it's also I feel like people are hearing me, but they're not listening, mm-hmm. and and that's hard because then it's like when I feel like you're not listening to me, I'd rather just not tell anybody, and I'd rather just deal with it myself. Mm-hmm usually in in a less healthy way and right i honestly just i felt like people weren't listening to me that much Mm -hmm. over what was going on in my life like a few months ago Mm -hmm. and so i just decided that it didn't really matter anymore so i was just like if nobody's listening then i (laughs) might as well stop speaking about it i'm gonna start nope so that's kind of what i'm at now like and i haven't talked about it in the last few months because i'm just like nobody was listening and what i was talking about was making people it's like when like you really needed it most yeah like you need people most oh yeah. that's another revelation sorry to just like it's totally okay. come no, okay. this but i i think i've really learned especially mm-hmm. in these last few months mm-hmm. you know p.s something relatively traumatic happened a few months ago i'm learning and healing from it whatever but um i learned to be very self-sufficient and self-reliant whether that's for better Mm -hmm. or worse right because i felt like what happened to me Mm -hmm. was something that just made me feel very isolated from the rest of the world and other people Mm -hmm. it felt like something like so sacred that i can't really talk about because it's a topic that people don't 
always understand or they don't know how to navigate. Right. And there's always there's always just a, this overwhelming excuse of, oh, I've never had this experience. No one I know has experienced this, so I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to do nothing. So then from that, mm-hmm. coupled with people not really listening, I just learned that like, like I'm just going to move on. And that moving on for mm-hmm. me was honestly just forgetting about it. And you and, can't do that. And it's just like... I mean, you can do it for the time. You can do it for as long as you have to, but like... It's more... It's like speaking I'm in from survival personal mode. Some, like I'm yeah. doing it because I... I know that physically mentally emotionally i cannot survive at michigan unless i just completely forget about it until i get that years over. that makes so much sense i did that for a while too yeah. i mean it wasn't the same we had very so as you guys can now both tell mac and i have had traumatic experiences in oh, our lives yeah, they yeah. are maybe you know they're different to an extent for me it was i it wasn't the same it was like a long term not a single event thing but I I got to the point where I think it's like I realized, especially right before I finally, because basically what happened is like with me and my trauma, I had like, I have like people in my life basically staged an intervention mm. where they were like, you are making yourself miserable and you are going to therapy now. Yeah. We don't care if you well, don't good feel that ready. You people who like cared for you enough. To yeah, it was. It, I'm so grateful for them. And I because I basically just like I, I think I knew I knew how painful healing and thinking about it and talking about it and dredging it up was going to be and so because life is busy like we've been talking about how college and all this shit and so it's like the last thing you want on top of it all is to process the worst thing that's ever happened to you and so i think like it's like you know when you have a really bad assignment coming up or something and you're like god just think of like all the hours it's gonna take and i'm gonna have to go to the library and sit down so like i was just thinking of all the emotional labor that i was gonna have to do and how bad i knew it would hurt and so i just as long as possible it was just like putting, holding a lid on like a boiling pot or a balloon oh, underwater or something. I, I was just like, that's a really as good, long as I could. That's a really good comparison. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay. But I totally feel you on the self-sufficiency thing. I think it, it can be for better or for worse because I think to one extent you can be like, I have to be self-sufficient sufficient because I can't reach out to anyone. I can't trust people because they're not going to handle this well, blah, blah, blah. That's not good. You want to feel like you can rely on people in life. And it fucking sucks when society slash people in your life make you feel like you can't um, yeah. rely on people. That sucks because that shouldn't be how people feel. And Yeah. I, I think that's really real. Especially I, I think the other piece was what also drove me into being really self-reliant and mm-hmm. self-sufficient was the fact that I dealt with a lot of betrayal mm. in that piece to me. In your Hamlet era. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Because also, I, I love Hamlet. This is so random. This is an English nerd jumping out. Have you ever read Hamlet? Um, I fucking I was supposed to love Hamlet. I read it for last the sem- purpose of great books. One ninety five. One ninety. Sorry, like just for that purpose, I did read it. <laughs> oh, you did read it. Okay, I read it last year at the same time that all this stuff was happening, and I was empathizing with young Hamlet. Yeah. I was like bro he's just like me for real <laughs> like, like king hamlet i was like he's going through it i can relate yeah. but anyway well. as you were betrayal yeah oh yeah I, I i think that we're all young and we all make mistakes and that's another revelation that i'm having is that mm-hmm. not only am i young but the people around me are young right and sometimes i put everyone on this pedestal of oh you're an amazing person so you must always do amazing things and mm-hmm. that's not true because That's true. you're an amazing person, I'm an amazing person, but I know at times we make mistakes and we don't always do the most amazing thing. We don't always no. make the most amazing choice because mm-hmm. we're young, we're meant to make mistakes, we're learning, we're mm-hmm. navigating right. a pretty atrocious world right now. Right. And so I, I think that some of the betrayal aligns with just 
people are growing up and mm-hmm. don't always know how to handle things. But at the same time, it was like someone violated my trust. And then I'm like, well, if I can't trust you and you're someone I really trust, then who can I trust? So then I just slipped into this. I don't yeah. really trust anyone type Yeah, vibe. I was going to say, but yeah, like back to the thing of like re- self-reliance. I feel like there can be that negative side where it's like, well, shit it's that it's just me against the world i can't trust people and you shut down Mm -hmm. but i think it can also it once it can also be a really empowering thing because i think i kind of realized and i've i've known this for a while but i've never had a very oh my god i'm gonna cry again guys i'm so sorry (laughs) i'm a in case it's never come up on the pod i'm a big crier i'm a crying girl (laughs) i cry over the drop of a hat but i've never had a super strong relationship with myself i've started to have a good one or a better one this past year Mm -hmm. but i so i've always known like you know when shit hits the fan when it comes down to it it's just you and yourself sometimes there are times in life where that's it that's unfortunately and yes you should always feel like you can reach out to other people sometimes in life you come to a point where that's it it's just you yourself and your like seven dollar sweet waters drink against the world (laughs) and and so i i knew that but because i had a bad relationship with myself it never felt like an empowering thing it was an unfortunate thing and so i think like the more that i've reached like coming to that realization and being like okay if it's just me and myself then something has got to fucking change on a personal level because if i've got to live with this bitch for the rest of my life this bitch being mean i'd better like her and i mean i'd better like myself because I do like myself for the most part. I just have yeah. like this like awful inner critic. Oh, awful inner critic, what a bro. Bitch, you know? Oh my god, she's the worst. Been with me almost my whole life. And it's like so I think I think realizing that and I don't know, I think there's something about and I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's not. Like trauma sucks. I fucking hate it. Wouldn't wish it on there's a few evil people Mm. historically and politically that i would wish it on but Mm -hmm. in my personal life really no No, one i would wish it on um but i do think there's something about going through that that gives you a sense of empowerment and also for me really helped with my negative self-talk because it was like recognizing okay i've been through so much and if i was able to overcome this and heal past this then i deserve a fucking break for myself and i'm a good person or not a good person but like i'm not half bad like i did that so there are moments when you're right it can be empowering to Mm -hmm. go through things on your own because i i don't always think it has to be viewed in this negative way like oh i have nobody nobody's here for me sometimes it's i think it's like a it's a balance nobody will ride for you the way that you'll ride for yourself and right and it's like i think something that i've realized is like in the future because when i had bad things happen to me in the past i wasn't there for myself i couldn't fall back on this good relationship with myself and so it made me realize okay you know what that's okay I was a kid. I was a young person. I made mistakes in the future. I want to have that to fall back on. I never want to feel this way again or this alone again because I want to know that I have my relationship with myself. Wow. So that was when I kind of felt empowered. That's very beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, TLDR and how well I'm actually doing on working on that right now because I am so fucking busy. But (laughs) but that was kind of an empowering aspect. But obviously it still comes with all the suck and everything it comes with the suck but you're right you're very much right about if you establish a good relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. you can virtually get through anything right and i mean you can get through anything regardless but that doesn't negate the value of also which i know reaching out on others it doesn't negate the value of reaching out. no never i think yeah and i'm really i feel like at times if you know that you can rely on yourself you're a lot more set to take on the world than 
if mm. you don't. So TLDR, guys, rely on the people that are good for you in life. Rely on your friends, the people you can trust that have proven trust with you, things yeah. like that. But I think also having a good relationship with, with yourself makes you less likely to rely on people that aren't actually good for you. And that's the thing. Like, that you know, like you point. have yourself, so you don't need to go rely on people that right? aren't good for you. Because Bro, this- we're turning into podcast bros. Like, you know what? <laughs> you know when men get a podcast and they just sit down and they're like, and they that's the check. point. Like, that's what I've been <laughs> saying about life. like life. This is what, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're turning into like, podcasts. Not bros. Thinking like this, no. but <laughs> I will add to this. Mm-hmm. The other piece is when you said turning to the wrong people, maybe mm-hmm. sharing your vulnerability with the wrong people. Right. Something else I've learned is to become more guarded of myself. Mm. Not in a standoff, not in a standoffish way where. Mm-hmm oh, I'm just not going to tell you. I'm never going to open up. Right. I'm building walls and that's Which can happen sometimes, but, you know, like long term. Yeah. But I understand that myself as a person, like, let's say in this metaphor, I'm a light, right? (laughs) Yeah. You are, bitch. You are a little light. (laughs) Okay, I'm a little light. (laughs) But in in this scenario, I'm a light. And Mm -hmm. I feel like in general, I do attract a lot of people. Mm Mm-hmm sometimes those people are not always good for me. And mm-hmm. historically, they're not good for me, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. I attract too many people, not in like a, oh, I'm I'm the shit type way. Just like, I feel like I am very bubbly. I'm very you enthusiastic very and it draws people to me. Mm-hmm. But I tend to draw the wrong people to me. And I don't recognize it because I am so obsessed with making other people happy and appeasing the people around me that I don't take the time to acknowledge their faults and I don't mm. take the time or to acknowledge, acknowledge how they're making you feel. Exactly. I never do mm-hmm. because I think so much about how I'm making them feel and whether or not they're happy that I'm not even thinking, is Michaela happy? Do I even mm. enjoy this friendship? I've is never heard you use fulfilling? your government name. Whoa. I like know, the full I've never name. Like, use my own whoa. Name. I don't even <laughs> like using my full name. So, but sometimes I really do. Well, need you to are sit always back like, to me. So, yeah. together. Like, right. Sometimes. I don't really have a further name than Peyton, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I tend to attract the wrong people. Mm. I tend to not really know when to tell people maybe this just isn't right. We're not. We shouldn't be around each other. Right. But I'm trying. I'm working on it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, not to talk about my ex. But I... I That's I, okay. I, I never Sometimes even they gotta about, come up. I never talked about him on the pod when we were dating. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing... And this is no slander to my ex. I have no mm-hmm. problem with him, honestly, you know. But mm-hmm. I I genuinely think that I never really told anything about anyone anything about my relationship. I was very closed off about it. Mm-hmm. I would tell everyone very surface level things like, mm-hmm. oh, he's amazing. He does this for me. He's so great. But sometimes I would, fi- I, I'm going to be honest here. I don't need this to be cut. I'm, one of the biggest things I noticed about my past relationship is that I was just hiding a lot of what was going on and a lot of what I was experiencing from all the closest people in my life. Nobody knew any of what was going on mm. in my relationship until Girl, the moment it ended. Red motherfucking Ever. flag. And I didn't recognize it. Well, and, that's okay. And then I did finally mm-hmm. tell people, they were like, yeah, you're... <laughs> He's a narcissist. Oh, like, no. Oh, Girl, uh, not a narc. You could have said. Yeah. Okay. Now, not to, not I, not to call I myself a local expert on narcissism. but <laughs> I still haven't come Damn. to terms with it, though. Like, I, I, that makes me wish you had some, said something to me. You probably could have given me about two details and I could have told Our relationship was very uh, much. It was good. Sucks. And it was good for a. It, it was really good when it was really good. But mm. when it was bad, it was horrible. It, Fuck it was that. like. I had never felt that miserable about myself and about where I was out in my life than I had 
at the end of our relationship. And by end, I mean since January. Because Jesus. And it was like me against the world mm-hmm. in January. And, and that was terrible because I'm like, I do have a partner. But it just wasn't. But it's still, you guys weren't I still felt like a it's me functioning the unit. World. Gotcha. Because we would be a functioning unit and then we're arguing again. And then I'm like. Yeah. And then you told me about your spring break thing. Fuck that, man. Spring break. Spring break. And you told me about how you guys got into that fight before oh, you went to Paris. Thing. Like, I'm I'm about to go to Paris. We we Mac in Paris. Like I'm about to do something that's on my bucket list. I'm about to see the Mona Lisa. I'm preparing to see the Eiffel Tower. Right, dude. And we need to do it. The title needs to be like we we bitch Mac and Payton spill the tea. Because, because I think it should be because it's like I'm about to see the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. I'm get, getting ready to see Mona Lisa, and like, you're telling exciting. me all my friends are shit, and oh. I have no friends anymore. Oh, that's insane. And while then, you're on a trip with friends, and then I'm being told. Oh, th- people just say things like that when they're mad or, oh, people don't always say what they mean. That's just like, you should understand that. Like, that's a normal thing. And I'm like, no, you meant what you said. Mm-hmm. Take accountability for what you said and don't sugarcoat it. And it was like, right. that came up all the time. It's like, I'm going to say the cruelest things I could possibly say to you. And then I'm going to cover it up and mm-hmm. sit there and also be like, oh, no, it's totally fine. Like, I was just upset and I said this or, oh, no, people just do this when they're mad. Right, this is how you, people talk when they're thing upset. If you're gonna say, say, right, because it's one thing if you're going to say, like, listen, people say things they don't mean, but I said it anyway and I am so sorry. I want you to know that's not how you how I feel about you. You are this, this, this. I'm so fucking sorry, blah, blah, blah. Make up for it. Change your behavior. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. It's another to say all that shit and there's not a sorry to be found. And you know what? Girl, fuck that. And that's how I feel. It's mm-hmm. that. But the thing is, there were. Uh, I, I feel like there was, a, there was a sorry. And, and uh-huh. I, I don't. I have never been able to decide if they were genuine or not. I think at the time I thought they were very genuine. I think mm-hmm. looking back, I see I it think... and I'm like, I was caught in a cycle. of. Well, also the thing I think about it, narcissists I is I do think it. they really do mean it. Sometimes. I think he meant it. Sometimes I, I think they really are bad. sorry. It just, girl, it they mean it, but it doesn't mean anything. No. Like, they mean it. Well, like, yeah, they're genuinely sorry. But, like, I think as a principle, I think when you apologize for shit, if you're going to continue having a relationship with this person, then that should have meaning. It should mean not only am I sorry this happened, I am going to do things to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I think that for this is just my opinion. I'm not a licensed therapist. I think, or psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever. I think for narcissists, the sorry, the meaning is there. The implication that it will actually change something in the future in relationship is not. They are sorry. They really mean it. You will not see anything come out of it. I think what got really frustrating, too, was that he would say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would always get caught in the cycle of, I'd be like, well, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe he's not doing anything wrong, and maybe there's something that I'm doing that I need to apologize for. Because I would feel so bad. It's like I tell him, you're doing this wrong, and it's making me uncomfortable. Bro, do they get upset? Do they start crying? Oh, girl. He would get upset. There were times when he cried. It wasn't all the time. There was, like, Mm. a specific time when Mm -hmm. I remembered he cried. The other ones, it was, like, negative self-talk. He would Uh, openly out loud say, I suck. I'm the worst. I'm not good enough for you. I'm never good enough. I gotta do a lap. I gotta do a lap. And then the third thing, the third thing he would say, always, was that, but I have been trying. I was doing all this stuff. And, And then it put me in this headspace where I'm like, 
Well, he's trying. Like, it must be me. I must be the missing link. It must be that I'm just a raging bitch and I just keep bringing up problems okay. and I'm doing something wrong. So Bro. then this is what would happen. He'd do something. I'd get upset. I would confront him about it. Then he would get upset. You apologize. apologize. You end up, end up apologizing. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I, I just like, I, I'm so rude to you and I'm, I'm the worst person ever. And, and then you this- both kind of agree to work on it. And then but it then happens. I got and then he's nice resentful. for about a week. I was very resentful. Yeah. And it got to a point where oh. I just, as a person, would look at him and just be like, you're putting me through shit every day. Mm-hmm. Every single day you're putting me through shit mm-hmm. and I'm letting it slide constantly mm-hmm. and villainizing myself for your benefit. Right. And I'm just like, I'm not this villain. I'm not this horrible person that right. I've allowed you to make me feel like. Right. And I just, oh. I just, yeah. Girl, okay. Here, what the F? The F stands for fresh, funny, fearless, feminist, and fucking goddammit, they cut our episode short. What do you stand for? <laughs> Tune in next time to hear more. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>